What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Cajun and Eskimo show from Bayou's to Igloos. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian, and this is my co-host right over there who has a better beard than Jason Lyon. Eskimo Libertarian, how are you? Well, I don't know if it's better, but it's definitely cuter. Well, that's what you've been saying, so <laughs> we're going to run with it. Yeah. yeah, well, let's keep it going. But uh, yeah, I am. Um, I'm glad at how on time we can start our videos. Not as on time as um, super fan Sarah and Kelsey. They did an excellent job, by the way, with their show this week. They were definitely more on time than us. But we're here. They good, <laughs> yeah, they, they did a great job. But um, I don't think they beat us by that much time. I heard no. they were three <laughs> minutes late. And oh, we were okay. about four and a half minutes late. So I think we're okay. But they were <laughs> phenomenal. So and they were yeah. much more on time than Matt and Spike. That's a fact. This thing keeps... <laughs> yeah, keeps don't mind me. Face. I'm just chugging coffee here because it's been a long week. It Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. Big, long week. Long week for me, for sure. Uh, you know how to help that? By checking out Cumberland Cannabis Company. Cumberland Cannabis CEO. Check them out. They're a locally owned store in Tennessee. You can buy your weed online right there from a small business loaner. Or small business owner. Not loaner. Sorry. <laughs> and get your weed online at Cumberland Cannabis Company. Check them out today. I hope they're not a small business loaner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that would not be a very efficient business model, that's for sure. <laughs> but somebody who does have a very good, efficient model is... Is it Joe Solosky? Yes, Joe Solosky. He is running for Pennsylvania... Uh, I almost said mayor. Governor. Wow. Whew. Stay with us, folks. We're, we'll get through this. <laughs> Joe Solosky oh, for Pennsylvania awesome. governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania success. And I also hear he uh, he's a funny guy, even though he looks like a very ja uh, dapper gentleman here. God. <laughs> yeah, isn't he on uh, Libertarian Party TV or Libertarian Party uh, National Facebook right now live? Yes, right now they're interviewing him. And I watched a little bit of that before we got started. And um, yeah, very eloquent. Um, but I hear he's really funny. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's in what you were saying, at least. Yeah, in yeah. Messenger, he is really funny. And so and I'll have him on the show here really soon, like in two or three weeks or something. But yeah, Joe Solosky for Pennsylvania. Governor. Yes. Governor, not mayor. I almost said mayor. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have somebody else that's running for for uh, state senate, I believe. Tom Queter. Tom for 52.com. There's no quit in Queter. Thomas Daniel Queter. Senate. That's T O M F O R dot com. Tom for 52.com. T O M F O R dot com. Thank you, Thomas. Perfect. And uh, he's funny, not as funny as uh, Joe Slosky, I would say, but he, he's a funny guy. I, I talk to him. Uh, shots fired. He's good people. <laughs> he's good people, though. <laughs> so. Shots fired. Uh, yeah, he's Speaking a funny of guy. Yeah, speaking of shots fired. No, that's not a good roll into this. My segment. 
All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, so I wanted to talk about Alaska. Hey, go figure, huh? And so I talk about this a lot. Um, Alaska always seems to be in a constant battle of keeping control of its own land over the federal government, which Alaska is massive, if you didn't know this. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of land. So some of the issues is Anchorage, which is the big town in, Anch uh, in Alaska, more than 50% of our population lives there. Is, so Anchorage is over 3,300 miles from Washington, D.C. as the crow flies. So we are so far from Washington, D.C. And Anchorage is in the southern portion of Alaska. So there's plenty of other parts of Alaska that are even farther from Washington, D.C. And literally we're being controlled by people thousands of miles away. And these people won't experience any repercussions from those decisions. And we don't really have good representation in that we only have one rep. We have one representative in Congress to represent our tiny population, large state in DC. So not great representation, though he is, I think the most senior member, uh, he just turned 88. I'm talking about Don Young. And I think he's the most wow. senior member of Congress and he's been in office for literally ever. Yeah, I mean, Joe Biden says he's been in office for 120 years, but I think Don Young hasn't beat by like at least two or three years, give or take. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <he's>, uh... No, <laughs> totally joking there. <laughs> but um, so when it comes to federal land, um, if we look at the whole U.S. in terms of federal land, if you want to pull that up real quick. Here we go. So if you look at this, the purple parts are federally owned land. So you see most of like the east and in the middle is all gray and that's owned by the state. Over on the west, we are screwed. We are the farthest away from DC yet it is owned by DC, at least the people in DC. Um, Nevada, oh man, that's like completely purple. <laughs> and Alaska, even though it looks small on the map, most of it is purple. So we can actually go to a blown up version of Alaska on the map. So looking at this, native land is um, the sort of yellowish color and purple is what the state owns. And all of that turquoise green color will go turquoise, is that turquoise? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I only had the Close eight pack enough. of crayons. I didn't have like the 152 yeah. pack. <laughs> but anyways, that turquoise color is all federally owned land. That's a lot of land, folks. In fact, the feds own 61.79% wow. of Alaska, which is 225,848,164 acres. Good Lord. That's a lot of acres. <laughs> and to put that into perspective, that's like one and one third the size of Texas. So more than the size of Texas is owned by the feds in Alaska. Take that, Texas. We're larger than you. <laughs> Ooh, more shots fired. <laughs> so um, of that land, if you want to bring up that table breakdown real quick. So uh, this is sort of a breakdown of the federally owned land and where it goes to. So as you can see, minor portions are the U.S. Department of Defense. We have a couple of bases up here and the U.S. Forest Service 
but the big portions are U.S. National Park Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and U.S. BLM, the Bureau of Land Management. When I'm talking about BLM this episode, I am strictly talking about Bureau of Land Management, not a different organization. (laughs) So, um, which is a big deal, though, that a lot of our land is controlled by those, um, like especially the fish and game, because so many of the people up here are subsistence, subsistence hunters and fishermen. So it makes a big difference that there's a lot of federal regulations coming in to our people up here, even though this is our way of life. And when those people make decisions, it affects us. I mean, it's like, what if the people in DC were affecting like your grocery stores and when you can go and how much you can put in your cart and you know, yada, yada, yada. I mean, it would make you pretty upset. So that's why I talk about it a lot because it affects my people a lot. So going on, yeah, you can see why we're pretty upset over federal control of our land. And in fact, uh, the third episode that we did together, I talked about sturgeon versus frost. By the way, this is our sixth episode, guys. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, ooh, that coffee is kicking in. Woo. Right. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, third episode, I talked about sturgeon versus frost, and that was Alaska regaining control over submerged land. And submerged meaning like rivers and lakes and stuff, because the federal government was being in charge of those. And in fact, those are like our highways pretty much, and especially during the winter when they're frozen over, people drive over those like they're highways. BT dubs. Wow. So. Holy smokes. Um, and then like also to add to that, that one was specifically like the guy had a hovercraft and like the federal government doesn't allow you to have a fudder, uh, a hovercraft traveling on there, but the state does. So the state allows on your waterways to go on hovercraft. So anyways, Alaska won, or I should say uh, Sturgeon won. And so now we own all of submerged land in Alaska. Just pretty sweet. Nice. Um, so I wanted to talk about a new issue that's kind of recently been brought up. So Alaska is suing the Department of Interior. Big news, folks. So July 7th, Governor Dunleavy, who is the governor of Alaska, announced the state is suing the Department of Interior for illegally and unjustifiably extending restrictions on 28 million acres of federal land in Alaska. 28 million acres. So by the way, July 7th is also the 63rd anniversary of signing the Alaska Statehood Act, which is a significant date here. And I will touch on that later on too. So 28 million acres is almost the size of Ohio, to put that into perspective. Almost the size of Ohio. A lot of land. And so Secretary Deb Holland blocks state land selection in Alaska Native Vietnam veteran allotments. So that's the section that we're talking about here. It's supposed to go back to the state and a significant portion is going to Alaska Native Vietnam veteran allotments um, as part of the repercussions. And that's a whole nother deal. And I can go into details of that on another episode. But this is really surprising since Deb Holland herself is Native and is talked about giving the land back to the Native folks. And she's now blocking this land. And part of it's supposed to go to Alaska Natives. It's really odd. So Governor DeLevy says, this is a methodical effort by the Biden administration, more than just bureaucratic foot dragging, to frustrate um, ANL 
A-N-I-L-C-A, that's a long acronym, and the statehood land entitlement and leave these lands locked up as de facto parks. So the A-N-I-L-C-A is the Alaska National Interest Lands Conservation Act and pretty much it stipulates designation of wilderness, subsistence management, transportation in and across parklands, um, use of cabins, mining, archaeological sites, a whole bunch of stuff, pretty much anything that you can dictate or whatever. But it's Alaskans deciding it, so it's not the federal government deciding it. And this was signed into law uh, December of 1980. So this kind of prevents this from happening. Um, this is another federal attempt to deny Alaska the full realization as a state promised under our statehood compact. And so that was um, what I was talking about earlier with it being the 63rd anniversary of the signing of the Alaska Statehood Act. So a lot of words there, pretty much we can't decide for ourselves what we get to do with our land in terms of transportation and resources and who gets it. It's the federal government who's doing it. And uh, we're specifically talking about 28 million acres, folks. I repeat 28 million acres, practically the size of Ohio, that we're talking about. So first off, why is there so much federally owned land in the first place? Well, in 1971, um, there were federal laws and pretty much the secretary was allowed to issue temporary, I emphasize temporary land withdrawals to restrict the use of federal land in Alaska to allow the Department of Interior time to determine how federal land should be used in the state and many of these withdrawals have been lifted, even though it's been justified. They haven't been lifted, even though they've been justified that they need to be, if that makes sense. So 16 of these yeah. orders restrict 28 million acres of land. And in 2006, the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, reported to Congress. <laughs> I, have to, yeah, yeah, look, I have to clarify, you, you folks. Got, yeah, you got to clarify. <laughs> you have to clarify that. There's no facts. Yes. No Bureau of Land Management <laughs> reported to Congress that these withdrawals could be lifted without affecting public interest. Okay, whoo. And since then, there have been several more reports saying the same thing, that you can lift these withdrawals, you know, give it back to the state. You don't need to hold them or whatnot. Um, there was a lot of concerns for environmentalism and resources and whatnot, but they're like, nope, you can give it back to the state now. So in January of 2021, finally, Secretary David Bernhardt issued orders to lift these withdrawals. Yay. But this is under the Trump administration that it happened. And as we know, now Biden's in office and we have Secretary Deb Holland. And shortly after she came into office, she repealed Bernhardt's actions. Uh-oh. <laughs> Rutro. Um, so Holland claims that even more analysis is needed for at least two years. So even though, um, so she claims that there needs to be more analysis of the environmental, endangered species, um, historical preservation and military land use laws, what have you. Um, the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management has already done or deemed unnecessary all the stuff that she's talking about. So, <laughs> Um, it's it's really odd. I don't know. I mean, we, we can speculate, like, why is she doing this? Does she want to, like, I don't know, be like, look, this is what 
the Biden administration is doing for you guys and eventually give it back under the Biden administration and not give credit to the Trump administration? Or I don't know, do they just want to keep federal power over literally the size of Ohio <laughs> in Alaska? Um, I mean, we're not talking about all the federal land in Alaska. We're talking about just a section um, and specifically 16 different orders. So really, I think Alaska should be able to own its own land. Crazy thought, right? <laughs> so crazy. Um, all of this violates the Alaska Statehood Act, which is the one I talked about. It's the 63rd anniversary of it. And Alaska was entitled in the act to um, pick up 105 million acres of federal land in Alaska to be owned by the state. And so some of that 28 million um, is part of the 105 million that we're allowed to pick and be like, this is ours, but we're not getting it back. And so I don't think there should be any federal land really, but we have federal land, a lot of federal land up here. And I know places like Nevada are especially getting hit hard with stuff like this. So yeah, that's, that's pretty rough right there, that graphic. Yeah. Isn't that crazy though? Like over on the Western side, farthest away from DC, they are most uh, governed by folks in DC. Isn't that crazy to think? It's it's almost all over there. Yeah. And, and it's the furthest away. Yeah. And then also you have some states in there, like, um, I don't know how many representatives are in Nevada and Arizona and New Mexico, Utah. I don't think they have too many representatives. Idaho. We only have one. <laughs> but crazy. Yeah. Talk about uh, not being represented well. Uh, it's probably an understatement, but we'll give it the benefit of the doubt, apparently, because that's what you've been doing all night. And so we'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Don't remember her name. Don't care. Because I am not giving her the benefit of the doubt. I think she's absolutely correct. It's really disheartening to see because Deb Holland especially emphasizes about like giving land back to Native Americans and wanting to look out for Native Americans, but she wants the federal government to keep land even longer. There's no reason to be keeping it. We've had several reports since 2006, all echoing the same thing that these lands don't need to be held on to, like give it back to the state. <laughs> you know, we've done all the research that we need to. They've deemed it okay to give it back to us. Like, which is still odd in the first place. Yes, very odd. It's not odd. It's corrupt. Uh, why were they owning it in the first place? That's yeah, that was um, referring back to like they all of a sudden just wanted to. I don't, it, this is back in the 70s and they wanted to do those research like about environmental impacts and resource development and military laws and what have you. Yeah, sounds like they were getting paid. Just saying. Brent DeRitter says, if it makes you feel better, I'm 360 miles from D.C. and the representation still sucks. <laughs> Thanks, Brent. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I get it, bro. <laughs> For sure. And I definitely want to emphasize, too, this was supposed to be temporary. You know, 
like lockdowns and mandates. They're supposed to be temporary. And look how hard it is to get rid of things that are temporary, folks. You know, income tax is supposed to be temporary. Yeah, still going. That's a fact. Carly Rose has posted several links in the comments, so please check those out. Also, check out this guy. How glorious is that? What a beautiful man. (laughs) Just fantastic. Or instead of that guy, you can also look to theroyalgreen.com. From the author, Jack Casey, of theroyalgreen.com. From that guy, Jack Casey, the author of theroyalgreen.com, which is both horrible, just as his picture is, but he helps out the liberty movement. So thank you, Jack, and please buy the book. I have the first of three. The second one is already out. The third one will be out by the end of this episode, and it's a special offer, so please order right now. Just Google Jack Casey's email. And then go from there. You'll figure it out. (laughs) I wonder if his books are just as much of a hot mess as he is. (laughs) One would assume so, right? (laughs) Oh, hey, folks. This is now the Eskimo show. (laughs) So if you folks have any more questions about uh, Alaska and whatnot, we can turn this into an AMA. Just got kicked out of my own live stream. <laughs> it's okay. This is just That's the Eskimo show now. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody's still here. Most importantly, myself. I know you can hear me. Looks like it's fine. Yeah. All the comments are gone, though. So that's a thing. However, what's not a thing is that I forgot to put this at the beginning of the episode so that you could call in and give us an anchor.fm call-in moment. I have it pulled up right here. I don't have anything on there because I did not put that up until just now. So that is completely my fault. Please call in anchor.fm and we will get to it very immediately because I don't have a lot to say, but I'm going to enjoy what I have to say. For the most part, I hope you do too. I'm going to leave that scrolling right there. Anchor.fm. We will create a Cajun and Eskimo Anchor FM. I said last week we'd do it. We didn't do it. I'll say this week and we'll hope for the best. How's that? That being said, give us an Anchor.fm call-in moment. I have it right here. Can't wait to hear from you. Also, (laughs) the reason that we're on... Friday nights now, as opposed to Sunday afternoon, is because we did not want to be interrupted by the NFL because, quite frankly, they're pretty much a little more popular than we are, and we want our message to be heard. Also, I tried to cut my uh, airtime down to three nights a week. That almost happened, but not even close. So... (laughs) Unfortunately, or fortunately, it's a good thing. It's a good problem to have. But, However, we moved our shows primarily to Fridays so that I could probably spend some more time with my family. And the fact that the NFL season is coming up around the corner very soon. Go, Pat, go. Man, who that? 
And so, <laughs> who that? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so uh, they decided that they were. Oh yeah, you are a Packer. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you got. You guys got good cheese. I'll give you that. Some good cheese. I don't know if you have Aaron Rodgers much anymore, though. I don't that think we have Devontae Adams either. Doesn't seem that way. Uh, but we have our lineys. Yeah. <laughs> our spotted cow. <laughs> oh, I forgot to uh I forgot to say we got some fans in here or some um family in here. Oh god. I did not check the comments. Now they're very deep. I was going to say something inappropriate there. I didn't know I recovered because I am a professional. The comment section is very deep and I lost it. Anyway, somebody said, hey, from Philadelphia. Wish I could. Oh, David Jones. There he is. Greetings from Philadelphia, by the way. Well, greetings from South Mississippi. Slash, I'm born from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That still continues to be an issue. Sorry about that. And greetings from Alaska. Perfect. <laughs> so, in regards to the NFL, they decided to put out a memo. And they have not been very shy about their feelings on politics. We'll say it like that. Plus, Many, many other things. So on Thursday, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell issued a memo threatening forfeits and revoking game pay if an outbreak among non-vaccinated players slash staff leads to a cancellation of delay in any of the 272 games scheduled over 18 weeks. I'm going to snatch one portion of that quote. Threatening forfeits and revoking game pay if an outbreak among non-vaccinated. Be specific in the way you read language. Because there's no secret at this point that outbreaks among vaccinated people are becoming pretty popular. So they don't care where the outbreak comes from. They only care about the fact that you get vaccinated. I don't know why. But I digress. If a game is canceled, postponed because a club cannot play due to a COVID spike among or resulting from its non-vaccinated players slash staff. This is a quote then the burden of the cancellation or delay will fall on the club experiencing the COVID infection. Goodell's memo states, according to the NFL.com. So why is it anything to do with vaccinated if it's a COVID outbreak? I don't know. I'm not asking anybody specific. It could be things that are out of my comprehension. That's very possible. Happens every day. Every day. But I'm just saying, it's not a secret now. 
that many people that have been vaccinated are still testing positive for coronavirus. And lucky for us, the NFL decides to tell us all of that as well, which is perfect. <laughs> Didn't that airplane of lawmakers from Texas, uh, they were seen all not wearing masks and supposedly six of those lawmakers now have COVID, even though they all have vaccines and it's like a big issue or something like that. You hear Did about that? that? Happen? Yeah. Did it happen? Yeah. Yes. That. Yep. Yes. That happened. That absolutely happened. That's a real story from Eskimo Libertarian. You heard it here first. They're lying to you. Oh I don't know who's lying. Somebody's lying. But we'll figure it out eventually. So let's just take a break and figure out why they decided to cultivate some of the rules that they decided to for the purpose of playoff seeding. The forfeiting team will be credited with a loss and the other team will be credited with a win. Cadell added that players on both teams would lose earnings from the forfeited contest they would lose earnings from the for they would lose earn they would lose earnings from the forfeited contest and that he retains the authority he retains it this is a quote he retains the authority to impose additional sanctions particularly if the COVID outbreak is reasonably determined to be the result of a failure by club personnel to follow applicable protocols. We're going to get into a little bit here. I've taken longer than I thought I would already. However, I want myself first and everyone to understand what they're trying to tell us here. He retains the authority. Uh, it's about money. So it's about authority. It's about money. And then it's not about the actual science. Because if you're unvaccinated, or if you are vaccinated, sorry, and there's an outbreak, there are no consequences. It's only if the outbreak happens if you're unvaccinated. All right. So. If you are unvaccinated, the NFL will revoke several privileges slash your job. There is a significant privilege to one situation. Tier one rules, tier one slash two rules. Uh, you can find this on the NFL website. It's very easy to locate. Not mandated for players, only for staff. Okay, so one of the consequences of non-vaccinated personnel within the NFL franchise is that you have to be vaccinated. If you are not, then you lose your tier one status as a coach. But that does not apply to players. I wonder why. Hmm. I wonder if the players are more marketable than the coaches from a monetary perspective probably not though probably not that's definitely not the case the players are definitely <laughs> not more marketable which is why they do not have the same rules so now that i mean can you up, say who the coaches are of the saints right now <laughs> 
I can tell you a handful, and I watched them practically religiously. So the tier one rules, not mandated for players, only for staff. Losing tier one status would ban these coaches from the field, meeting rooms, and direct interactions with players. They would not be allowed in the field, on the field, or in any of the coaching rooms. This ruling allows an unvaccinated player to interact with a vaccinated coach, but not vice versa. That's straight from them. So the unvaccinated player can interact with the vaccinated coach, but the unvaccinated coach cannot interact with the vaccinated player. That is their rules. And you want to know why people are conspiracy theorists? Do you want to know why people don't trust what the you're saying? This, this is why. You're, this is not good data. This is hypocrisy at its finest from your actual quotes. Uh, in other news regarding the NFL, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, it sounds like different, <laughs> sounds like different mandates based off of marketability and fueled by money. You are a conspiracy theorist and I ought to kick you to the gulag, but I won't. <laughs> It's that extremist content, yo. <laughs> it's extremist content on Muddy Waters Media. Because apparently the information that we're being given is very muddied, like in a body of water. And much like the media. So, the network name is applicable to the current status of media, news, and information floating through your earballs in 2021. And... If you're wondering, I barely do any of these notes. So it's not like I'm some groundbreaking journalist like Nullick is on the verge of being. I literally just looked up NFL vaccines and then dug through like a couple of the main articles. It is not hard. It was not hard <laughs> to, to find this. Not hard. People just don't pay attention. Not hard. I spent probably 20, 30 minutes. I found all of this stuff. Again, this ruling allows an unvaccinated player to interact with a vaccinated coach, but not vice versa. Because hashtag science, apparently. In other news in the NFL, Rick Dennison, who's a coach for the Minnesota Vikings, I think he was the offensive line coach or he was something above the offensive line coach, um, is believed to be the first NFL position coach to part ways with his team following the vaccine debacle, ESPN reported. So thank you, ESPN, for trying, to be honest, because it is a debacle, but you're kind of a joke. So... We now have a coach that I, I searched through other uh, articles as well. He was fired. He was fired because he refused to take the vaccine. And that's where we're at. And I'll say this. Brace yourselves. 
because here comes the day or night, as I would rather call it, of people that think that the NFL is a private franchise and can do what they want. That's a joke. But I digress and will not enter into that realm tonight because I'm way over. So a couple of more quotes. Arizona Cardinals star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is a a stud, a stud. If you were to put him on a franchise and a a play scheme, an offensive pattern like under Sean Payton with Drew Brees, Drew, we loved you. You are my favorite player of all time. He has retired. Drew Brees, you are the man. You are a legend. You are my favorite NFL player of all time. And thank you for doing what you did for the Saints. But if you were to Even I respect him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody that doesn't. I mean, he's he's the man. Completely humble, very professional, very classy. Exactly. Thank you. Um, If you were to stick a wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins in that offense at his highest function, that's a record-breaking receiver. That guy is that good. That guy is that good. He's phenomenal. And tonight he plays for the Arizona Cardinals. I believe he was with the Tennessee Titans. I think and um, as horrible as they were, he was still a star because he's that good. Arizona Cardinals star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins posted a since-deleted tweet writing, being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. This guy, and he deleted the tweet. I wonder why. He deleted the tweet. But to hear somebody like of that caliber that's absolutely in his prime who could, in the right system, reach the Hall of Fame and pretty quite easily say that he would rather retire from the NFL and quit instead of hurting his team because of vaccine mandates is kind of a big deal. That's a pretty big deal. He would rather quit then have his team suffer from authoritarian rules, which I might add, going back to the statement, not statement, no, it's a quote. Roger Goodell says he retains the authority to impose additional sanctions, dot, dot, dot. And so you're watching even more so than the past few years due to political reasons. Now the NFL is being struck with even more hardship and worse, pretty much destruction over COVID-19 vaccine mandates. The NFL boasts that more than 78% of the players who have been jabbed with at least one dose in 14 clubs reported 85% of players vaccinated, according to NFL.com. I read a tweet from Ezekiel Elliott that said he's already had covid and he's gotten vaccinated. That's kind of scientifically dumb, but he had a good policy approach in that people should be able to make their own decisions and that the NFL shouldn't be telling who can and can't be vaccinated. So that's pretty weird. Scientifically dumb, public policy morality good. So thank you, Ezekiel. Overall, there is a 50% vaccination rate among all 32 teams. We're pleased with those numbers, but we're not 
satisfied. We want to see the NFL continue to go up, says the NFL chief medical officer, Dr. Alan Sills, on an interview on NFL Now. So. <laughs> it continues. It's so crazy. I mean, so when it comes to the Fauci Ouchie, I mean, there's plenty of reasons why people don't want to get it. I mean, there's plenty of young moms that like want to become pregnant, are pregnant, are nursing, and there's always risks when dealing with any sort of medicine, really. And so they don't want to do it. Or there's religious reasons, or there's you don't trust the government in general reasons. I mean, whatever your reason is, it should be a personal choice between you and your doctor. Crazy, right? <laughs> Look, no matter what you think about coronavirus, we have never done this with any other illness ever. We've had some close uh, precedents, right? But never have we done... You don't walk around and tell people... that Nobody's asking you if you're vaccinated for any other diseases that are far more fatal. So regardless of that stuff about coronavirus, this is still unfounded territory for the earth, really. Like, how are we asking people if it's, I saw a sign on the door today at an apartment complex I work in. If not fully vaccinated, you must mask. Like, I don't have to mask then because I don't have to tell you if I'm vaccinated or not. You didn't ask me if I was vaccinated for polio. It's far worse. Sorry. We have an no, it's... call in if you want to change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just would like to emphasize, like, there's just so many people that either can't get the vaccine for various reasons or they don't want to. And that really should be a decision between you and your doctor. That's the biggest thing I try to promote out there. There's too many things that are trying to incentivize this vaccine or mandate it. And it's actually quite scary I mean, as someone of Native American descent, I have plenty of like background and ancestry of why I shouldn't be trusting medicine from the government. Yeah, throw that one out there. <laughs> um, so it's, I mean, talk with your doctor, make a decision that's best for yourself. And I encourage folks to let people make medical decisions on their own and not push it on others, shame others, either which way. I mean, you can get the shot, you cannot, you can get a mask, you cannot. Whatever feels safe for you is best for you. That's what I encourage folks. I want that freedom of being able to choose, but don't shame people on their decisions. It's just a, a different world that we live in now. And it's unfortunate because um, people are being led to believe that that's how you have to act nowadays. And yeah, that's, um, that's, that's worse than unfortunate. That it's, it's pretty despicable how we're treating our neighbors nowadays, one way or the other. Rusty Shackelford says, I, if I gave a shit about the NFL, whoop, if maybe, nope. Try it again. If I give a <laughs> shit about the NFL, I would watch ESPN. They're a private company and can do what they want, minus all the Fed money for paid patriotism. 
Whoop. I didn't have to say it. Somebody else said it. Thanks, Rusty. <laughs> but we can take that anchor call-in moment. I think uh, the subject is beat to death by muddied waters. I mean, I know they were talking about it as well, but... Were they? I don't watch muddy waters. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Not necessarily like the NFL, but like talking about vaccines and medical choices and stuff. But it's such a oh, hot yeah. topic and new things come up every day. So yeah, we'll see what comes up to the, the over the weekend. So I'm not afraid to say the titles of these like Matt is. The title of this, well, the deliverer of this message, the the dove of this beautiful, eloquent note is from Not a Real Libertarian, and the name of it is D's Nuts. This is not the bootleg libertarian. This is Donald Trump. You should check out Not a Real Libertarian podcast, Not a Real Veterans podcast, and Not a Real News broadcast. I'm Donald Trump, and I say so. It's the best. It's phenomenal. Everyone says it's the best. Everyone says you should go check out Not a Real Libertarian podcast because I'm Donald Trump, and I say it's the best. I don't trust anything Donald Trump says, so <laughs> I am for sure not that checking worst. that out. It has that so has to be the worst I mean, Trump impression so I've ever heard. As we listen to ourselves on our own podcast, because I forgot to turn my phone down. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty Plus. sure that we're not allowed to promote other shows uh my wife sunny days said eskimo immediately died and so we will send thoughts and prayers to eskimo and hope she resurrects like jesus oh my god yeah that, uh, that was terrible that's probably on that's probably top five no bottom five Anchor call moments on Muddy Waters Media history. I haven't seen every podcast, but I'm just going to put that out there. And I'm sure Matt and Spike can agree and even Bearded Truth that that was probably bottom five anchor call moments ever, if not the lowest. Chris, <laughs> you knew the savagery that was coming after that fail. So. I don't even have to double down. Steve South says, Matt Wright's Trump impersonation is much, much better. Yes, Steve, you are correct. And there are facts in our comment section, which are probably a bunch. But also, another fact, my Donald Trump impersonation is just as good or rivals Matt Wright's and is much better than whatever it was that we just heard kill every ligament organism around my computer just now with that awful impersonation of Donald Trump. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate your contribution. Yeah, that just like killed the vibes of the show. What the hell, Darnell? <laughs> you know who other uh, contribution I am extraordinarily thankful for is... <laughs> it? Oh, it's... 
<laughs> oh, it's Jonathan Reels. <laughs> Reels wants to be a Reels boy. And he's not a Reels candidate yet until he reaches $5,000. $5,000. So you can help him become a Reels boy or Reels candidate at www.jonathan.cash. That's www.jonathan.cash. So help him be a Reels candidate, folks. Facts. We need <laughs> him to be a Reels candidate. Unlike Chris Darnell, who is not a realitarian, nor is he not a really good impersonator of Donald Trump. Matter of fact, he was pretty terrible. So that's yeah. just what happens. Chris, you know, we love you, but that's going to be a roast session. Speak for yourself, bud. Mm. <laughs> And even it continues. <laughs> Zing. Anyways. So, other, other than Chris Darnell's uh, immediate funeral, um, we also have the Save the PD, PFD rally. Yeah, so that's actually going on up here. I wanted to put in a plug for that. Um, I unfortunately cannot make it, but I want to encourage others. So if you are in Alaska and are passionate about the PFD issue, I actually did an episode talking about like the PFD and what that is exactly. It stands for the Permanent Fund Dividend. They're having a rally to save it um, in the valley, and it'll be at Newcomb Park, which is next to Wasilla Lake. That'll be this Saturday starting at noon, Alaska time frontier time <laughs> and so um pretty much for those that don't know um the pfd is pretty much like a nice little honeypot uh, little as in like millions of dollars so it's actually a big honeypot and um <laughs> the politicians have been illegally sticking their fingers in there and taking money from it because they're really bad at balancing a checkbook go figure so they are literally stealing money from us folks <laughs> and i there's a lot that's involved with this whole PFD and whatnot, but that is money that is for the people. We pretty much sold our mineral rights and I go into detail on another time, but they're taking our money and we're trying to have a rally to protect our PFD. And what are you laughing at? Just finish. <laughs> you like my little honey pot sticking a little fippers in there? <laughs> no, it's Brent DeRitter. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Brent DeRitter no, says, Nullick is so wholesome. She says, zing, after serving up a soft bird. <laughs> Which is fitting. I mean, it's... Yeah, that, I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brent. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so if you want to go to the rally, it's going to be in the Matsu Valley at Newcomb Park, which is next to Wasilla Lake. Saturday at noon, and they also have um, a page, you know, with a bunch more information. And um, I believe that's in the comment section. That's pinned in the comments comment section. But unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. Did I say this Saturday? I meant to say the thirty first. So not this Saturday, the next Saturday. So you have like a week, folks. That's fast. That's what she said. So. Uh, uh, the comments are rolling in, but some of them are hilarious, but some of them is people arguing, so that's a good thing, right? You can't... Uh, uh, you know. 
I try to stay away from the vaccination talk, right? I mean, it's just, it, I feel like everybody knows. I talk to so many people around uh, around the country, around in my own state, new people every day. Everybody knows. I don't know why we're still having the argument, but you can't talk about vaccinations with without starting a firestorm in the comments. So I apologize, Matt and Spike. I assume that I'll be fired before the end of the episode, but I wanted to talk about it. So I, I think it's a valid it. thing to talk about it. I mean, the biggest thing about libertarians is we talk about just freedom of choice of your own body and bodily autonomy. Really, um, that's the biggest thing I really like to put out there when it comes to the vaccine, because there's too much in terms of, I don't know, like people think they know what's best for you, but really, you know what's best for you. And if you trust your doctor and trust their opinion and would like to make a decision with them, that's what I encourage folks. There shouldn't be anything too controversial about that, honestly, but people are becoming too controversial and it's really frustrating. It shouldn't be controversial at all. It should be uh, in the memory hole, like dust news, along with the other uh, the other vaccinations. If you chose to get them or not, again, I can't emphasize enough. Uh, why are we stressing over the vaccinations over an illness that can be very dangerous to a very specific population, which is usually susceptible to various illnesses? It's kind of called earth um i am one of those people because i have immunocompromised gastric diseases i am high risk type 1 diabetic i take insulin every day it's anyway if i got polio or any other vaccination that we got for right like mumps measles um if I didn't get vaccine vaccinated for those things, you wouldn't ask me for them. Are you going to a concert where they're asking for your mumps and measles and rubella vaccination card? Have you ever done that? No. No. <laughs> no so. We don't have our concerts up here. It's too cold. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, for sure. It's we do have concerts and actually. We have lots. This is 99%, 98% survival rate. I mean, I just. I thought it was, um, I thought it was higher, but I thought it was like less than a percentage perish from it. But I'm I'm, I'm trying not to get us kicked off the air here. I don't know, but I think it's noble enough to advocate for bodily autonomy. Yeah, but I think that the truth is this is a problem, right? This is a problem. This conversation that we're having now, that we're nervous about the data behind an illness, and we're nervous about talking about it. That's a real thing, and that should never be a thing. That should never be a thing. But yet here we are, and it is a thing, and it is a problem. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't suck me i need this <laughs> you're not attached to this well you are technically but like none of your links right we're just streaming to muddy waters media so we'll yeah. only get like 
several million people cut out of Muddy Waters Media, but we can still do our thing. <laughs> no. But no, it really no, is a good point to bring up that there's just so much in terms of people are passionate about it and we can't talk about it. And it's a problem. It's a problem. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, do you have anything else? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to plug that PFD rally and then I don't think I have anything else. I mean, I'm excited for the weekend. I'm going to go fishing. So nice. Where, um, where are you going fishing and how long is it going to take for you to get there? So oddly specific. Why you want me? <laughs> are you going to break into my house? <laughs> no, I'm going to go. Oh, that's why it was Ali specific. Because I have the gulag power. <laughs> and I get the double middle finger. Uh, I would never I would never get away with that ever again. 100% fact. I guarantee you. I would never get away with it again. That was the last time. I was so scared it wasn't work. I'm sorry. <laughs> get the mom face. Oh, man. Hold on a sec. <laughs> she gone. She might be going to get a new sick. I'm going to wait around and see for a second. There. Don't do that again. Oh, she got a knife. Okay. <laughs> All right. We did. We're, we're Brian Lambert getting in the Tennessee parking lot now. Or Chicago parking lot. We're going lot. full ghetto. Full <laughs> 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 <Little> mom. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to have, I knew I had one more. If, if at best I had one more shot to, to gulag you, and I know it's over with now, so it is what it is. I took my, I took my shot. You only get one shot, and something about mom's spaghetti and vomiting. So, <laughs> hashtag Eminem rap lyrics. Anyway, our shows always fall apart like this. <laughs> It's like a nice crumbly cookie. <laughs> I am definitely fired, says Ashley Grish Moot. I fig I, I just automatically assume that post every show. And that's why it's so much fun for me. Because yeah, just gonna assume that Matt and Spike are gonna fire. I I, I expect a text here within the next 27 minutes to be fired. And that's okay. You didn't pull a knife on live stream though <laughs> i expect that within the next 12 minutes nullick will get a text saying that she is fired you know how many times i've been fired from this place <laughs> i know right <laughs> he fires us. he's non-stop with the uh termination clause there matt right well even worse now he says he doesn't even see you so either way he does see us you know why because this is the Cajun and Eskimo show. Advocating for a freer world. From bayous? <laughs> to igloos. Put that on my kitchen off guard there. I didn't think it would work. <laughs> oh my God. Thanks, folks. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You know why you didn't think you'd see me back? 
because I kicked myself out of the studio again. That happened. Or the oh. Yeah. So, some bayous. Tagalus. And anything else that y'all heard while I was booted from the screen. See y'all. We love you and we'll see you again <laughs> next Friday. Awesome time. Glad to be here with y'all. And we will see you very, very soon. <laughs>